here on the Mayo Media Network, presented as always by Prize Picks. I'm Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell, and we're going to talk a little bit about Tuesday's uh, one game in the NHL. Uh, obviously, it's playoff season. We normally see a lot of you know a lot of playoff related stuff, but DJ, some uh, some some extracurricular stuff around the NHL came across the newswire today. And you know, being a daily NHL show, we'd probably be remiss not to talk about it, given there's only uh, you know one game. So. Well, I mean, what do you think about the news in the NHL today before we get into things? Yeah, I mean, the, the big news, I think, is the Dragolant signing for the Rangers. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, it kind of felt inevitable, even though it wasn't. Um, I think a lot of people were sort of, I don't know, I don't know how I want to work. I, I feel like there was talk of it. And and when there's talk, some smoke, and sometimes there'd be fire. And I think it did end up coming out that way. Um, yeah, I, I think it's exciting for Rangers fans. I You know, he's kind of been a coach that can be a quick fix. Um, maybe he could actually hold on and stay for the, the little bit of longevity there. I mean, what, what's been the Rangers problem at? Let's name like the top three problems or maybe even just two problems that they've had. Well, um, they, they like to leave Henrik Lundqvist to hang out the dry. And yeah. then they also did the same thing. The Shisurkin a good bit. So, you know, I would go with defense, DJ. Defense. Yeah. And Drago Lott's going to come in there and I think fix that. Um, I, you know, I think he's going to be really good at getting some of these younger players like Kako and others into more of a defensive mindset that just seemingly wasn't there. Um, they left a lot on the table against when any line was going against any line that wasn't really the advantage line. So I think that it's it's a really good solution for the short term of a Rangers team that sees themselves obviously as a playoff team. And I think they're going to be fighting for a spot with him. So uh, I overall really like the move a lot. I think Gallant is, you know, I, I, I always just, every time I think about Drag Gallant, I think of one story, Matt. Do you know what story I'm going to tell? I mean, is, is it the cab? It's the cab. Yeah. Just yeah. Florida Panthers let him go on the road and didn't even get him a ride to the airport. I just, I think of that story and I just want that guy to pull the cup above his head. So Matt, is there anything you want to add to that news for today? I mean, I, I don't, I, you know, like Gallant seemed to have a good track record, um, you know, had the rug kind of taken out from under him and, you know, Pete DeBoer, maybe it was a smart move because now, you know, we see Vegas um, playing in game one, uh, you know, if the, semifinals I can't say the Western Conference finals um, of the semifinals as we are recording this so it's sort of you know one of those things where you know he kind of got a raw deal but also you know uh, happy to see that he's it seems like he's a good coach and maybe the Rangers take a step forward because of this uh, and I'm all for that I'm all for good teams uh, with talent you know becoming uh, league powerhouses rather than you know uh, team like the say Montreal Canadiens who doesn't quite have as much talent uh, or the New York Islanders to some extent, but, you know, we'll, we'll definitely dive into that a bit more. Um, def- but I'm hoping for, you know, teams of talent that, that wins out over, you know, systems and defense and all that. Cause well, it's fun. It's just, you know, but we'll see what Galan does. I don't yeah. really have, you know, a, a great sense of what will happen uh, with that roster in particular. Sure. And then the other piece of big news was Dougie Hamilton, uh, essentially, I mean, you know, you never say never, but it sounds like he'll be moving on from the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, they might try to trade his rights, which, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't he unrestricted? Like, Yeah. Uh, so, basically, the reason teams would do that is if Dougie wants the eighth year, then you yeah, can sign yeah. him and trade him. Um, you know, it, I think it happened more a few years ago. I'm not really sure why it stopped. Um, yeah. But teams did that all the time. I remember the Sabres did it with, uh, wasn't it with, uh, or no, they, they actually traded for the rights to Christian Erhoff. The Erhoff, like yeah. like a 10-year deal. Erhoff. It was really, um, really, really smart. I love that deal. I, I think they're still paying him. Um, it's so yeah, stupid. 
Like, but but why buy him out? He was so cheap. Like, even if he was bad, like, if it yeah. wasn't that bad, like, look at, look at where it got us. Like, we're nowhere. Anyway, anyway, yeah, that, no, that's great. not important. Uh, but, Dougie, if, yeah. if he walks, you know, this also could be a ploy of like, look, we know that the market's going to be terrible. Like, we haven't really seen probably the other comparable to him. It's like a Taylor Hall, and they just got knocked out too. So maybe something similar happens where it's like, look, I mean, the market's the market, and with the flat cap, with everything going on, teams are not looking to shell out. I mean, look at what Tyler DeFoley got for agency, like, yeah. last year. It, it might not be there, and maybe this is sort of like the, hey, let's get ahead of things, figure out where we're at before the expansion draft, um, and, you know, and then play it from there. So I, I'm not convinced Dougie's gone, um, but certainly interesting nonetheless, and yeah. definitely a major piece could be on the move if uh, yeah, he doesn't re-up. Like, maybe the most fantasy-relevant defenseman this year. <laughs> and going forward for at least a few more. Um, But yeah, with all of that being said, you know, one thing I did want to get to, um, but first off, we 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 should get to the the title sponsor, but um, but let's do that first. Let's do that first. I I do want to hear more about prize picks. If you know anything about it yourself, Matt, I've heard you um, a bit. (laughs) I I do. You came to the right place. So if you are listening to this and if you have not yet signed up for prizepicks.com, I highly recommend you do. Uh, Put simply, all you do is you go to the website and you're met with a bunch of players looking at you. They have a board across, I believe last time we counted, it was eight or nine. I think there's more sports now. I see highlight in there. Um, but you know what you do is you're creating entries based on the over or the under for these given players' fantasy scores. Uh, every sport obviously has their own scoring system, but you don't need to know anything fancy. You just need to know you know, what are the inputs? Will they go over the score or under the score? So for example, in hockey, uh, you get three points for a goal, two points for an assist and a half point for a block and a half point for a shot. And that's it. So you look at a guy like Nikita Kutrov, you think, does he score in this game? If you think so, he probably gets over, you know, whatever his number is. Uh, you know, same deal goes for all the other sports as well. Uh, luckily for you, <laughs> the Mayo Media Network has a lot of stuff to get you started uh, across hockey, across the MLB. Uh, even PGA. I mean, Pat's doing a ton of stuff with the PGA. Um, so really, if you like to, <laughs> if you like winning, I would check out Prize Fix um, because you could, you know, it, there's many, many, many ways to play it. Um, so when you head over to prizefix.com, use promo code MMN when you sign up. What you'll get is you'll get up to a $100 match deposit bonus. I mean, it's pretty simple. You sign up, you deposit money, you might get a hundred bucks for free because of it. Um, so that is, you know, that's the pitch. DJ, let's get into things. I have a question. There's a new yeah. sport on, on prize picks I've never heard of. It's, do you know, what's RL? It's a video game thing. Rocket League. Rocket League. Yeah. Is this the one with the, the soccer cars? Yeah, yeah. Dude, it's so oh, much fun. I've played that before. Okay, I yeah, didn't know what that uh, is. I, I wasn't good. That was yeah, terrible. it's fun if you're good at it. But when you're terrible, you just sort of laugh. And you know, but yeah, watching people who are good at it, oh my god, it's 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 remarkable. Um, I just never got into it. Okay, but now let's 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 we're not going to get into a major talk about Rocket League. <laughs> what I wanted to, to talk about at the beginning is something that we talked about the last time we recorded a show, which was the Morning Skate Podcast preview to the both playoff series that I just mm-hmm. want to touch on here as well. And one thing that you said that I thought was really really sharp, and if you listen to the entire podcast you heard it towards the end well you're talking about two game slates which is what we're going to see every night um Hmm. do you want to just recap that really quickly because i think for people that are playing or maybe you're thinking i don't know if i want to play the showdowns and i you can still play the two game slates and i think those are a lot of fun so matt give us what you said before 
Sure. Um, so basically, you know, if you're tuning into this for the, the, the bets part of it, you know, uh, we'll get to that. But also, you know, there's a whole ecosystem, for example, on DraftKings where, you know, you're playing fantasy, of course, you know, that's where the picks come in. Um, and for the playoffs, the NHL typically focuses more on the showdown slates, you know, the single game, they're all done in a day. But they also have some decently sized contests. They're honestly not as big as I thought they would be, um, but they're, you know, decent sized. And what they do is they cut across both game days. So, for example, you know, on Monday night, there's a two game set that includes game one of Vegas, Montreal, and then game two of the Islanders, Tampa. Um, and so basically, if you play that, what you'll notice right away is, you know, at least in the years past, it's been like this. Um, is that the you know the players who played this contest want to play the guys in the game tonight like they never say oh you know i want to i want to play tomorrow's so if you're playing the two game slates on DraftKings, i highly suggest you know finding ways to sort of stack up on the later game um because even if you think that the game tonight is higher scoring then you can just sort of play that in the next round tomorrow when you know that two game set starts and you stack the later game Basically what it does is it gives you like the game theory advantage um, because, you know, frankly, it's hockey. Things are kind of random, but if you're getting, you know, like 75% of the people more toward the early game, like it's just, you know, I believe you said it best. It's just a perfect example of how people uh, do not delay (laughs) a gratification. Like, you know, it's just, I want it now. Um, And that's just, you know, we see it all the time. We saw it in football when, you know, the main slate was Sunday night and Thursdays. Yes. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, So yeah, just just a quick thing to sort of lead it off with. If you you know if you found it useful, but hopefully you know anyone out there grinding these DraftKings slates also finds it useful as well. Definitely, definitely. All right, now let's get to the one game, the big game, the Islanders at Tampa. You know, it's a rematch of Sunday night. I think anyone, well, not really night, uh, three p.m. Eastern time start, but I, I really do think that this game is. I think it's the marquee matchup as, as far as, you know, just between the two games. Um, I think this is, has a lot more intrigue, at least to me. I said on the morning skate podcast, I was predicting a five game Tampa win. That's looking very not likely. Um, I think you gave the Islanders a lot more credit. I'm pretty sure you, you took Tampa in seven, correct? I took the Islanders in seven. Islanders in seven. Give me more credit than I thought. We get to this slate and we're looking at Tampa minus 190 and the Islanders plus 155 on the road, which actually seems to be trending away. Um, you know, Tampa getting worse potentially as of now, it could end up you know, regressing a little bit back to the mean, but we're looking at currently as we record, what are your initial thoughts here? I mean, are you, are you right? Thinking about taking the Islanders again for Lamoff stay hot or what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I didn't believe in the Islanders in game one to the point where I was willing to place a bet on them winning. Um, I, I believed in their ability to shut down Tampa for the, for the most part. Um, you know, I, I didn't really think it would be as high tempo, you know, shots wise, um, which is sad because I think there was a very good argument to be made that, you know, for the last two series, the Islanders have been playing some pretty up-tempo hockey. Um, yes, most of it, you know, or some of it was getting caved in by Boston, you know, in, for stretches, but also against the Islanders, I mean, they, they had, you know, a lot of high activity games that we touched on and we're like, yeah, look, this isn't the same Islanders team. Um, so I kind of feel like something similar could happen again in game two, where there's a lot of these like lowish quality chances and you sort of, you know, you're watching the game and you look at the end, you're like, huh, Farlamov was okay, but he got the win. 
you know, he, he, he had an easy time with 30 something saves. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if I'm willing to place a bet on the Islanders money line. I certainly am not placing one on the Tampa money line at these odds. That's for sure. Um, and, you know, I think from there, it's more to me about the over under and some of these player props, but what are your thoughts on, you know, maybe the over under or the money line, if you didn't really uh, commit one way or the other. I mean, I like Tampa. I, I don't think I would place a bet on that line just because of the, you know, you're just taking a very big, uh, I just minus 190 in the playoffs, even at home. It just doesn't feel right to me. The Islanders, I think could very easily get a couple bounces and, and make this game, you know, just what it was last time, you know, that Pulak shot slips through Vasilevsky and you know that could happen again. And all of a sudden you're just, you're taking a bad bet for no real good reason. I, I don't really see any indication of why I would do that. Um, but, you know, I think more to what you were saying, I think one of like the, the game that I watched, huh, sometimes, you know, we watch things with maybe a bit of a, a different eye than the analytics end up pointing to. And, and, you know, the game actually was expected goals three to three um, from hockey biz, which was, I was a bit of a surprise. I didn't think Tampa really produced as many chances as they made it out to be. Um, but, you know, it, it really was a very, very even matchup. Which, which I say is, is fair, but I didn't expect six goals. So I don't know if I'm, you know, loving, loving the over. I think the under is, is pretty nice. And I, I'm almost wanting to shade that way, but I don't think it's a stone cold lock. Um, but that would be what I'd rather bet um, over anything else it is the under here. I think more than likely I'm just going to fumble at this one and get some of these player props in and maybe even some goal bets because some of these guys are just, I wouldn't say mispriced, but just a little bit different than what I would have expected. Um, so we'll get to that in a second. But is there any, are you leaning under, even though, you know, it says six goals expected last game. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you can get the over five and a half at plus 130. Um, yeah. So it's not really like this is a, you know, even sides. It's minus 105 on both sides and you're just sort of flipping a coin. Like this is a bit of a weighted coin. If you think it's 50-50, then I think the over five and a half really makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, I think you constructed a well put argument where like the expected goals typically, you know, they, they don't really lie. Um, yeah. And yeah, it didn't feel like Tampa got a ton of chances, but also Tampa doesn't need a ton of chances to put up the goals. Uh, we've seen that time and again. And also, I mean, what it also goes to show is this Islanders team is playing some really solid hockey. Um, like they're generating chances. I think Matt Barzell is the key to this series. Um, he had a great game one. You know, uh, you know, uh, scoring the goal, obviously, that sort of, you know, put them ahead, um, but also, you know, just being very involved offensively. And that's exactly what this team needs. I think, you know, I don't think Tampa's defensively strong enough, especially with, with a uh, somewhat neutered Hedman. I mean, Hedman wasn't dominant in game one. He hasn't been dominant really all season. Like he, he's already admitted he needs surgery. So, yeah, I like the over here. Um, I think that that's a really solid bet. Um, so other than that, I mean, you want to talk about some players? Did anyone stand out to you in game one? I mean, I think that the, the couple of the odds that I like the most are Stamkos plus 190. That, that seems a little bit off to me just because he seemed to get yeah, the score. Yeah. I, I do think he was probably the most active guy in the power play still, even though it wasn't always him firing it they were they were nervous about it the whole time and and he did have a i believe he took let me look here i think yeah oh, no it was probably missed the net on, on the on the right at the end there he missed the net but i, I do think they're going to be setting him up in his corner it seemed like they were trying to maybe not overboard them with that and try to get that to try to trick him with kucherov and 
then try to it, what they really like they were trying to do was get a tip like a tip pass in front and it just didn't work so i wonder if they're going to go back to the well of just firing pucks from stamkos and kucherov which i think will work a little bit better um than what they did in the last game so i'm i'm excited to see a guy like stamkos at this pricing he's still seeing the minutes um granted not crazy crazy they, they yeah they i mean a lot of penalties which kind of hurt his upside um, and i want to say he got benched for a spell after his turnover that led to the yeah. buzzell goal so i'm not saying that's a bad thing like i mean i don't think stamkos will get benched again like that's certainly not uh where i'm going with this i just think that um you know like he obviously had a bit of a down game with that uh, secondary assist we could say passing it right to josh bailey who then found barzal going the other way um but yeah stamkos is still gonna fire he's still in that premier power play role and yeah plus 190 seems you know uh pretty solid to me on the other end of things i mean bavillier had a game like he led the team and expected goals he had five shot attempts um I, i think that's a perfectly fine thing to chase he's plus three or plus two, 255 right now. Um, and then the other thing I'll say is the same thing I said, you know, for the last little bit, Jordan Eberle for the role he's at is just way underpriced plus 325 for him to score a goal playing alongside Matt Barzell, who seems to be at, you know, full strength, like, you know, peak Barzell. I'll take that. Like he's in the shooter role on the power play as well. Um, you know, we saw their power play struggle in the first period. They got a few good looks, I believe, on their last opportunity. So I'm hoping, you know, maybe they were uh, struggling a bit and then they, you know, solved it, figured out how to enter the zone with possession for once. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of, you know, good ways to go on the Islanders, but those are definitely my favorite two. Uh, we haven't seen shot props yet, but given where they've been, you know, all postseason, I think both Everly and Beauvillier make for, you know, really strong shot props as well. Right. I mean, I, is there one guy in Tampa? I mean, because no one really on Tampa individually uh, lit the house on fire that you'd expect at least, or at least he's probably going to have a prop. So is there one guy that you're considering going to the well with? Yeah. I mean, if I had to pick one, it's probably going to be Stamkos, like you were saying. Um, you know, I, I think the minutes will be there. And the thing is, he's playing with, you know, a Kalorn had five shot attempts last game. I, I mean, I don't really see that sticking. Australia uh, had two, which is, you know, about right in Sorelli's wheelhouse. But normally if that line's getting chances, it'll it'll be Stamkos, um, unless it's the sort of, you know, garbage goal type stuff that Kalorn tends to do. Um, and like you mentioned, that seemed to be their go-to in game one. They yeah. wanted the, you know, the net front tips from Point and from Kalorn. Um, so maybe now that, you know, the Islanders are looking for it, they, you know, throw it the other way and hit Stamkos for some one-timers and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think Stamkos is definitely my favorite shooter uh, when you're yeah, looking at It's interesting props. to see a guy that, you know, have one shot on Cole be third on a team in expected goals yeah. like he is on Hockey Viz, right, on Stamkos. That is, I mean, it just, man, did not did not see that one coming. Um, Kalorn mm-hmm. took, it was actually the guy that had the highest expected goals, but there was a couple of shorthanded um, shots on net that I think maybe skewed it a bit. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do think Stamkos yeah, so- not being phrased correctly. You know, obviously we will, you know, <laughs> we'll be talking about this again on a Thursday show, but I do want to mention one more thing just on the Tampa side of things because uh, Tampa and the Islanders did play last postseason. Um, you know, so we don't have the regular season matchups this year because they were, weren't in the same division, but we do have a playoff matchup from the bubble. And I just wanted to point out that in those six games, Braden Point was only active for four of them and they won all of those games that year. Yeah, yeah, they won all the games that Braden Point played in, um, and he was a man possessed. So, 
yeah, maybe Kucherov is sort of the reason for that. And if Kucherov isn't at full, full strength, um, you know, he might not have as killer of a series here. But I think Braden Point could be a good bounce back bet here. Um, he had seven points in those four games. He had three goals, four assists, um, 11 shots. He had 19 and a half DraftKings points for every 20 minutes he played in the series. The next closest was Kucherov at 12 and a half. And then oddly enough, Johnny Boychuk, uh, he only played about a game and a half, I think, um, worth of ice time, but he was the next guy. So like he and Kucherov definitely took over last series. And I think that now that Tampa's kind of got their backs up against the wall already, um, this could be their time to sort of step it back up and say, look, uh, you know, we're better. <laughs> we're better than you guys. Um, I don't personally quite buy that narrative. Um, I think the Islanders are actually a really strong defensive team. I don't think Kucherov is at full strength. Um, but, you know, Kucherov still leads to playoffs and points. So what do I know? Yeah, no, it's uh, was not his best first game out, but I do kind of like the idea of if you're playing a showdown to maybe Captain Stamkos to still get a piece of Kucherov in there. Um, and and I, honestly, I think you could fit point in and then take a, a good punt and make the lineup work. Um, is there anything that you're kind of thinking about for showdown slates right now uh, that you're kind of toying with the idea of at least? Um, yeah, so something I was looking for was, you know, uh, obviously the price of Eberly because he was so cheap the last time out. Um, they did hike him up a good bit. Um, you know, he went from about 6,200 up to today he is – uh, going to be a 7k. Okay. So we went down a couple hundred again. Um, but in any case, he's sort of a guy that I'm, you know, uh, peering at at least, I think Cal Palmieri at 6,000 is yeah. definitely more of your, you know, uh, he's probably not hitting the five shot bonus, but he's, you know, uh, been a really good goal scorer in the playoffs so far. Um, so I think if he gets on the board, he makes for a great play, even if not as a captain. Um, and then sort of the other guys, like obviously the top end is the top end. Like, you know, you have your goalies, you can play both of them and not feel too bad about it. Um, but as far as cheap guys to make it work, Casey Sezikas is just still chilling at 2K. And look, I don't like to, I don't like the player, um, but he's playing a defensive role. He's, you know, killing penalties so he can get the block shots. Um, and like you said, I believe you said it while we were live, he was out there at the end of the game, yeah. like with the empty net. And that's, you know, that's how you get there sometimes with these punk guys. You just get an empty netter. Um, so 2K cases Zekas is not terrible. Um, so, yeah, that's really the one cheap guy I would go with. Um, Ross Colton, eight minutes, Avi goal. I'm not even sure why we're... That's, that's no, true. I mean, I mean, I, I think the 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 hope and a prayer is that somehow Oliver Wallstrom returns to the lineup, although it's like he was back and they just didn't play him. Yeah, he's... It was it seems his like, birthday, too. It was like his yeah, birthday. It was his birthday. Yep, I was and, so... And, I had a lineup in at, you know, whatever, 245 before the game started. It had a Wallstrom in it. So I'm like, look, there's no freaking way I'm fading this guy. I had both the goalies. I had Wallstrom in. And then Wallstrom didn't play. So I'm like, well, no, I can't do that. And then I just went like an idiot and played a bunch of Islanders forwards, um, which, you know, I had Barzell. That worked. But none of none of the others did. So um, yeah, I still lost. That's fair. But very, yeah, very fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm not expecting anything on the Tampa end, honestly, um, you know, any changes yet. Maybe after this game, we could see some weird, you know, like uh plot or something like that shifting lines. Um, but for the time being, I'm not really projecting it. So I don't really want to spend a ton of time, you know, uh, like waxing about what we think might happen or whatever. So 
anything else last, that yeah okay i think yep. the the, the, la- the last last thing um i i think adam pellick the blocks if you can get that I, I think he'll return to form as far as his shots and blocks i mean he had you know so many great great games against boston and then he just has like the two blocks no shots i'm not sure that's gonna that's gonna ride out i mean maybe they're really gonna try to put him in a more of a shutdown role but i still think for blocks that could work out i mean he was out there a lot against that kutrop line which just wasn't firing um i think if you could get him at you know one and a half or two blocks i, I really do like it especially one and a half um but I, I really think you're, you're hoping in that scenario that Tampa turns on the Jets and starts firing pucks more, which I do think might be a bit of a talking point from them because they just didn't create enough offense with shots um, until late in the game. So anything else you wanted to add on, on that or any thoughts on Pelic as a, as a um, player in showdown or anything? Yeah, like I mean, that? I have like a thought on it, which is basically that I think Pelic's fine. Uh, the, the thing with, and it burned me because I had him on Sunday, but just sort of watching it, it, it made sense when you go against a team like Boston where they're firing from everywhere, you know, uh, Tampa's not exactly that same format. You know, they're not a team that's just, you know, looking to hit a shin pad and bounce in ricochet. They're trying to pass it into the net. And for them, it works, you know, like they're, they're, they're really, really, really good at it. Um, yeah. But the only reason I think that you could be really high on Pelic is because one, you know, the obvious, you know, upside game does exist. If he hits three blocks, like that's a free seven points. Um, but secondly, they're just not playing Noah Dobson when things get close. Yeah. So he will double shift, Pollock will double shift, and it's just sort of, you know, they split up and um they get a few extra minutes in that way. So I'm definitely not playing Noah Dobson myself. Some people do it for the power play, but I just can't do it when he's playing 11 minutes a night. And the same thing goes for the other series with a guy like Gus, uh, yeah, Gus Gustafson, who's manning the top power play with no Jeff Petrie. It's just sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, what are we doing here? I don't know. Um, yeah, we're, we're talking about pretty random players, but yeah, yeah we, with all that being said, we can probably shut it i think once you get to yeah. the pellet the pellet talk that's when you know it's time to shut it down <laughs> yeah. um, uh, definitely yeah. i mean all, all i'll say is on this showdown slate and i think this is going to be very very duped so i wouldn't do it but you can play stamkos kutroff point sorelli and Hedman all together if you wanted to and get a one islander and like it works so there's a lot like i just think that the the showdown slate, it's very easy to make a lineup work you could put something together especially if you take one of those puns we mentioned and fit exactly the correlation you want, um, which should just be their starting point. You know, even if you make more than one lineup, get all of the correlation that you need that you think is going to be how you want to fit your lineup and then make it work from there. Yep. And um, I mean, if you play, if you play passers like a Josh Bailey or, um, you know, uh, Anthony Sorelli, something like that, make sure you play their shooters too. Like it's very rare that Bailey's going to get there without Bavillier or that, you know, Sorelli's not going to get there without, Stamkos so just something to keep in mind like when you're playing these low shot guys um yes they can get points but you probably need the guy who they get points with if you're gonna win anything so that's uh, yeah. just my one advice Josh Bailey was obvious. the only player to hit a post last game though so you're missing out on almost every Josh Bailey um but yeah no with all that being said we can we can shut it down it's probably more than enough time and this is you know signing off right now is going to get us right over to that Vegas game I think puck just mm-hmm. dropped yeah so um, yeah, with all that being said, thanks again for listening. Um, excited for the divisional finals. I mean, what are we calling these? I mean, um, are they calling it the divisional finals? That was kind of, I tweeted that out and I was like, is that even right? No, it wasn't last round the divisional final. It's just, it's a semi. What are these now? Probably just, a, well, they call it the conference finals and like, you know, well, so yeah. what are these? 
Um, they might have. Uh, so they they officially like, declared. I don't remember which was which, but they officially declared one of them was the Prince of Wales and the other one was the Clarence Campbell. But I'm not sure if they're uh, saying. You know, I'm not sure if the they're old, saying like. What even? What is <laughs> Prince of Wales even like really mean? That's I'm not a person. Sure. Like Clarence the Campbell one. That's a person. Well, like the Prince of Wales. But like when? Now I want to know. Probably the early 1900s. You know what, DJ? Do that homework and come back to Charles us. Charles Prince for... of Wales is what I found first. Is you he know still? What? He's still alive, though. I, I, I gotta assume it's not him. Yes, come come back on Thursday's show, and we will let the listeners know they will be waiting with bated breath. But let's not waste any more time now. No, I. This is important stuff. I feel like you're, you're just gonna. DJ, shut it down I am going to. I am literally going to sign us off of the show right now. Okay, so. just do it. <laughs> All right, guys. Yes. Uh, so obviously, good luck in all of your contests. Uh, good luck when you are placing your bets. Um, and lastly, be sure to check out prizepicks.com and sign up using the promo code MMN. Um, oh, and also, I wouldn't be a good Mayo Media Network uh, host if I didn't say Pat Mayo is giving away a ton of money for the U.S. Open and golf this week, uh, up to, I believe, $1,000, you know, uh, not $1,000 one person, but across the board, that's a lot of money to be giving away for free. So be sure if somehow you don't follow Pat to do so, sign up for his new newsletter, listen to his golf podcast and everything, uh, because yeah, the US Open should be fun and there's free money to be had. So, you know, do so. And while you're at it, follow us. I'm at Fake Moods and DJ is at DJ underscore Mitchell 94. So I found it. <sighs> Prince Edward VIII sponsored the first ever Prince of Wales trophy for two thousand five hundred dollars back in 1925 so thank you to prince edward the eighth now i'm wheels are turning you're welcome for all this knowledge definitely use this i'm out (laughs) all right thank you dj you're all well from dj from myself thank you for listening to the show i will talk in a couple days and we will see you